Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Gosh, he was so good. Knowing Brooks Robinson as I've known him over the years, he's one of the finest gentlemen to ever wear a uniform and to represent baseball. Johnny Bench, another number five in the Hall of Fame. Bob Haney, Jim Hunter here on this Woman Crush Wednesday. We're crushing it, talking about the great Brooks Robinson Hall of Famer, Baltimore icon. He transcended the sport. He transcended the community. He was just the guy, beloved by everyone. And joining us now on the WGK Law Guest Hotline, teammate of both Brooksy and Johnny Bench, Mm. all-star in his own right. Let's welcome to the show. 20-game winner. Yes, for the Expos. Ross Grimsey. Ross, what's happening? Not much. How you guys doing? Doing all right, Ross. Appreciate the time as always. And when you got, you got traded to the Orioles after the 73 season for Merv Rettman. Right. But when you were in Cincinnati, Johnny Bench was your teammate. He won two MVPs. He was letting his fingers do the wash, uh, walking in the yellow pages. He was all over TV. He had his own TV show. You had Pete Rose, who was pimping Aqua Velva, whatever it was. So they were kind of rock stars in their own right. But when you got to Baltimore, now you obviously knew of Brooks. But what was uh, what was it like, Ross, when you first met him and the rock star vibe that he projected to you and beyond? Yeah, you know, going from Cincinnati to Baltimore, it was, uh, you know, Baltimore had beaten the uh, the Reds in 1970, and I was in AAA at the time, and uh, you know, we'd go to go to big league camp with the guys and stuff, and you know, it was a dream come true playing with the Reds. I mean, I, I was collecting ball cards, you know, a year or so before <laughs> I did that, and now I'm playing with these guys, and then, uh, you know, they're getting traded to Baltimore. I wasn't. Uh, I, I was kind of surprised that the, it happened. Uh, it happened during the winter of 73, and it was, I was kind of shocked. And, you know, and going, you know, I obviously heard of the Orioles and stuff and knew that, uh, you know, they always talked about them with the Reds, how good they played against them. And, uh, you know, the big red machine, uh, they shut them down pretty good. And Brooksy was a, a big, uh, you know, part of that. But going over there, it was, uh, you know, it was more, it was a, for some reason, it was just a more relaxed atmosphere. I, I'll never forget coming to the, uh, me, and, me and Bird, my wife, we came over here uh, or to Baltimore. And, and it was, uh, it was a little bit of a shock. You know, the stadium was not what I was, you know, when I first saw it, I wasn't really thrilled about it. But 
It turned out to be the best place I ever pitched. But uh, meeting, going to spring training, uh, the first spring training, you know, they, it, you felt like you'd been there for a while. Everybody was really uh, uh, couldn't be any nicer. But but Brooksy was always somebody that uh, you know he was a quiet leader. Uh, he just did things. He did things with a smile. He did things so easy that that was uh, you were just really surprised. But I mean, he did things. Uh, it, it was it was running like a fine machine, basically, you know. And uh, everybody was on the same page. Obviously, it was the Baltimore uh, uh, way, you know, the way they did things, and uh, it just ran like a you know like a clock. And uh, everybody at Brooksy, especially, couldn't be any nicer, kinder, helpful to a new guy that uh, just showed up on the block and. Uh, I just re- I just remember Brooksy was the same then as he w- was uh, uh, up till the end I would imagine but uh, I know you know we moved down to down here to Florida two years ago and uh, I me and uh, Ron Hansen and one of Brooksy's friends we used to go to the racetrack on a, a couple times and then we'd go over to Mo- to Timonium and uh, you know he would be there or he would go with us and. Uh, he was as nice. People come up and want to autograph, want to say hi, but they treated him just like uh, everybody else, and he treated uh, people uh, just like they were his best friend. He want to autograph, sure. He'd sign it, want a picture, yeah. But he was a part of the community. He was a part of the town, and people just respected him. And he treated people like they were his best friends, and him. Two of the, the greatest people I had the, the pleasure of meeting and be, being friends with and uh, knowing, knowing their kids was him and Johnny Unitas. And you, you mentioned uh, people in Baltimore. Those were two of the, the most special people that, that I had met there. And uh, what a pleasure and uh, uh, very, very happy I had the opportunity to do that. Ross, you you played three years with Cincinnati before the trade to Baltimore, and then four years with the Orioles. And if you think of the about the two cities, they're very similar in the way that they love their baseball team, and they're small cities, but the the baseball team is very very important to the fan base, and you got to experience both. You know, I was very fortunate to play with the two winningest teams in the seventies, so that was very special. Uh, but yeah, they're both uh, blue collar cities, uh, hardworking people that, uh, you know, that, that, that they spent, you know, they worked their butts off and they supported the team the best they could. And it meant a lot. It meant a lot. I, I know uh, seeing when I was in Cincinnati in the early 70s, I mean, they, they were filling up the stadium. Uh, and after the games, there would be two or 3,000 people waiting in the parking lot and i'll never forget we used to follow we used to wait for pete johnny perez those guys to go out first and then we, we could sneak to our car nobody give a crap about us it was great but they would they would stay out there for an hour an hour and a half signing autographs and that was uh it, you know so special but uh uh and and, and they were you know pete was uh, you know pete's pete Johnny, uh, you know, Bench was him, Perez, uh, all those guys, Lee May, uh, they were a part of the, the town. The people loved them, and they treated uh, the players, treated the fans uh, the way you want to be treated. And, and 
it's all bit it's different now because I mean some of those guys back then were had to have jobs you know in the uh, in between seasons and uh, and the, and they got a chance to be a part of the community and uh, and like uh, like everybody else so to speak they weren't uh, they were on a pedestal but you know they were they were like everybody else and the, the people really like that and I think that's something that's missing in this day and age. The players just aren't aren't able to do it because uh, of the money and the, the what uh, I mean everything is videoed now and you just got to be careful what you say do <laughs> look at you know you, you got to watch out and back then you didn't have that and uh, you know the people could be a little the players could be a little more free with their time and, and approach approachable and and just do more stuff but it's a different day and age now. Ross Grimsley joining us here, 105.7, the fan paying tribute to Brooks Robinson, Bob Haiti, Jim Hunter. Ross, last thing for you. What did Brooks Robinson mean to Ross Grimsley? Oh, I, it, he, he treated me just like he treated everybody else, which was, uh, and maybe even better. You know, we would, uh, you know, to have, I'll, I'll never forget, and, uh, you know, the, the first, really, the first time in '74, I was walking out of my room at the uh, uh, the New York Sheridan, and I was walking out of the room, and Brooksy walked out of his room, and he says, "Grims, you got to come with me." So, what am I going to say? Of course, I'm going to go. I'll go anywhere <laughs> you go. So he said, "Yeah, you got to come with, with me. Come, come on." He didn't say where we we're going, so we got in the elevator. We went downstairs. They had a bar at uh, the Sheridan called Sally's, and uh, okay, we're going to have some drinks. No, we got to go in there, and uh, we got to we got to help somebody. So we went in there, and there's Weaver at a table. He needed, he needed some help back to the room. So they obviously they called Brooksy, and and I just happened to be walking out of the room. He says, "Grims, come on, I need a hand." So okay, so we went down and got him and helped uh, Weaver back to his room. So I always remember that. <laughs> and uh, you know, I spent a you know some a, a few times with with Brooksy, which was you know, a dream come true. Uh, but yeah, he was uh, like, I just can't, he is, ju- was just the greatest. Uh, he did things so easy on the field. He was a great teammate. Uh, he was a quiet leader, but he couldn't have been, he was the kindest man. Uh, family is great. Connie was uh, him and uh, him and bird modeled to get our herd bird modeled together uh, way back. And uh, they were friends, and uh, I, I just—he uh, is just so special, so kind. He treated—he treated me and my family fantastic. Uh, I'll never forget. Also, another time that uh, Brooksy went to Good Shepherd uh, School, and my daughter was in the—I think the second grade, first or second grade—and he happened to go in the room for whatever reason and found out that she was. Uh, her last name was Grimsley, so he picked her up, and my daughter comes home and told Bird, he goes, some guy come in there that played ball with Dad and picked me up, and I didn't really like that. <laughs> so I, I told my daughter yesterday the story, and she remembered it, and that, that was so special. But uh, uh, it, they just they just loved, you know, that they treated us great, and I'll never forget him. He's just the, the kindest soul and just uh, a, a great person, not only be a teammate, but just to be around. You know, it, sit around and go eat crabs with him at Ocean Pride or some of the other places around town. 
a dear friend that I, I I love him and his family dearly, and he'll he will really be missed. Sad day in Baltimore, guys. Ross Grimsley, appreciate the time. Say hi to Bert for me, and I look forward to seeing you. But thanks for the stories about number five, and we'll talk to you soon. Got you, buddy. We're heading up there tomorrow. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 